the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and many challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, tonight, we bring you part 18. That's right, part 18 in our series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God of all comfort, who comforts us not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all, all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times that we live in. As we continue forward, this year is is at the halfway mark already. Six months have elapsed. We still need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God. Even as we navigate COVID-19 and its Omicron variant, we need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness, not only in the face of disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, shootings, and the multitude of trials and challenges that we encounter on a daily basis. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned to hear about this and so much more, for we are not pretending We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much again for that uh, challenging and uplifting introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, we've been talking about this series on the God of all comfort for quite a while now. And I trust that many of you out there have been truly blessed. And we are coming to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to really get into verse 4, get into verse 4 of this uh, chapter. And we trust that you have your Bibles there and your pens and your paper and ready to take some good notes and be blessed. Well, we've uh, talked about You know, there are eight reasons why God allowed bad things to happen to his people. And we've talked about all of these different points. We've talked about, uh, number one, he allows these things to happen in our lives to test the strength of our faith. Number two, to wean us from the worldly things. Number three, to call us to a heavenly hope. Number four, 
to help us to see who we really love. Oh, that's so important as well. And then number five, most of all, bad things happen to his people to teach us to be obedient to Christ and to his lordship. And then number six, uh, God allows bad things to happen to his people in order that he might reveal his grace, his strength, his glory, and his power. We learned about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. Oh, what a series this has been. And I know you have truly been blessed by every bit of it. Now, we talked about last time, number seven. And that's what I want to talk about some more tonight. Number seven, why God allows bad things to happen to his people. Now, number seven, the seventh point is this. He allows it to happen to develop in us spiritual godly comfort so that we in turn will spiritually comfort others in a godly way as well. We learn about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulations. Notice that word, in all of our tribulations. Are you going through tribulations right now? Well, you've got to remember that you've got a God of all comfort in your tribulations. That we, plural, notice the word we, plural, may be able to comfort them, plural, which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we, plural, ourselves are comforted by God. See, God doesn't want you to be selfish in your Christian walk. He doesn't want you to be private in your Christian walk. He doesn't want you to be isolated in your Christian walk. Some people say, well, I can just comfort God at home alone. No, that's not the way God set it up. You know, he says, don't forsake this the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, Hebrews 10 and 25. Now, the question is this. Uh, the real question is, why do you come to church? You know, a lot of people will say on this test question, I come to church to worship God, to bless his name. Well, that's half right. The second half of that is that you come to church to build up the body of Christ to edify the body of Christ. That's why we are called saints, plural, not singular saint, but saints, plural. Now, the Christian life is not a selfish life, but a sacrificial life of giving, not only to God, but to others. As God has comforted you in your pain, in your trials, in your tribulations, you ought to do likewise with others. You say, well, you know what? I got so much trouble myself and pain myself. Well, you got to go to the Lord and ask him to forgive you of that. You need to repent of that selfish spirit because God is a God that is calling upon all of us to comfort others as we have been comforted. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, who comforted us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them who are in trouble as well. And, you know, a classic case and a great example of a person who was sacrificial in their comforting was the Apostle Paul. 
his ministry was engulfed a hundred almost a hundred fifty percent you know the other fifty percent was engulfed in God the other fifty percent was always ministering to the churches ministering to people outside the churches you read about the apostle Paul he's a primary example of of a Christ-like spirit and when he learned about Christ, showed compassion upon the multitudes as he went about to minister. What about you? You see uh, the multitudes amongst you today in the church and outside the church. Do you have compassion for them? You know, you better take heed to Matthew 25, where Jesus said, I was hungry, you fed me not. Thirsty, you gave me no drink. Sick and in prison, you visited me not. And as much as you did it not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. Now, and he says, these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteousness of life everlasting. You know, if you don't minister to others, God is going to hold you accountable before him. You know, uh, their blood will be upon you. That's why it talks about in Ezekiel, I believe it was 33 and 8 and 9. If you don't warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked man will die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require of thee. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his sin, you have delivered your own soul. The blood of other people will be upon you if you just bypass them. You see somebody hurting on the streets, hurting in your community, neighbors, friends, and all you do is talk to them about worldly things. That's why it says one of the things he does is uh, wean us off of worldly ideas. You know, so the Apostle Paul here in this verse four, uh, in the context of scripture, he is here speaking of the afflictions that he himself experienced and the tribulations that he experienced. And we have difficulties in our lives. And we sometimes ask God, why would you allow me to experience suffering? Well, the answer is because we believe God is a God of love. All of us say that. And we know that he is in control of our circumstances that comes into our lives and that surrounds our lives. And it is difficult for us to understand why God allows us to suffer if he loves us so much. Why God would allow me to be afflicted? Well, Jesus asked that question on the cross. You know, he asked the question, why as well? And yet God had a great purpose. If he hadn't suffered, you know, there's no way none of us would be saved today. But he asked the question, why? And it's, it's nothing wrong with you asking the question, why? As long as you have faith behind it, you know. And uh, Jesus went through the greatest suffering. He went through the horrendous suffering. He went through so much suffering that none of us can measure it in our suffering. And that's why he can sympathize and empathize with all of our suffering. He, uh, he understands your infirmities because he went through the greatest suffering. Matter of fact, it talks about in the book of Isaiah that his face was so marred that no one could recognize him. You know what? When you think about somebody in a head-on collision, 
You know, many of us pastors have seen people got calls on the phone and some people died in a head head on head collision. And you go there and you see their face almost taken off completely of their body. And yet the Bible says in Isaiah that his face was more like no one else's. So he went through more suffering, more pain, more tribulation, more hurt than anybody. So that's why you can go to Jesus and you can say, you can, as it says, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, you can go to him, but the greatest struggles in your life when it comes to sexual issues, struggles, addiction issues, financial issues, marital issues, sickness in your life, transitioning in your life, you can go to Jesus. He said, come unto me. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. John 14 and 1. You know, that's what he calls upon you to do. Now, this is a tremendous teaching. I'm about to deal with this number seven some more because our time is almost out with this message, but I want to say this in closing. God is calling upon you to not have a selfish ministry, but a sacrificial ministry, a sanctified ministry, a ministry that is uh, demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22. Love is at the top of that. And love is at the center of all the gifts. Love is at the center of everything. You know what? It's interesting. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about all the spiritual gifts. And then uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13 talks about all the gifts. And then also chapter 14. But in the middle, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is the love chapter. Why does he have it in the middle? Because love got to be in the middle of everything. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches about you and me getting out of ourself, being controlled by the Spirit of God. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Ask the Holy Spirit to move you out of self, to deny self, take up your cross, and follow him. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to thank all of you who have always been praying for this ministry. We feel your prayers daily. We know the prayers are going up and we can't thank you enough. We appreciate the fact that you are so diligent in your prayers This is a prayer-driven ministry, and believe me, it wouldn't be here today without those prayers. So we thank you. 
And also, we want to thank those of you who have partnered over the many years financially for uh, this broadcast. You've partnered with us and you've blessed us um, and you've given to this ministry and it's impacted time and eternity. You say, how is that possible? Well, simple. You know, your giving touches lives because this ministry is touching lives. And we always say one day you'll stand before God and he'll say, turn around. And you'll see a vast multitude of people. You'll say, Lord, who are these people? And God's going to say to you, these are the people that made it into heaven as a result of your giving. Because you were unselfish and that you gave sacrificially to touch lives for time and eternity. By giving to ministries like ours and others who are on the front lines giving reasons and answers for faith and are touching lives. And so you're part of that. And we can't thank you enough for that uh, partnership. And we need your consistent prayers and we need your consistent giving. Uh, It's expensive to do this radio broadcast. And I've mentioned before that Dr. Buckner and I don't receive a penny for doing this. Everything goes right back into pay for airtime. And so everything you give goes right back into the ministry to touch folks for time and eternity. There's two ways that you can donate, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. It is so important. And also, I want to uh, remind you that uh, all of our broadcasts are now um, on podcasts. So you can go to uh, kfax.com, look at the top of the page in the banner. You'll see Contending for the Faith. And there's a drop down that will give you all the podcasts. So each uh, of our episodes is now in a podcast form. So if you miss the show, if you miss part of the series, you can always go back and listen to it. And not only that, but all of our broadcasts. So there's a lot of great material there that you can utilize for Bible studies, for Sunday school materials, for daily devotions, you name it. You can utilize these wonderful teachings, and uh, it'll be a blessing for you. Also, we want to remind folks that, you know, um, if by chance you cannot uh, get the radio signal from KFAX, again, you can always use your computer to listen to the broadcast. So literally, you can be anywhere in the world, as long as you know what time it is here in in, uh, Pacific Standard Time. At 7 o'clock, you can tune in online to contending for the faith. So we know we know we have folks that are in transition and are moving out of California and thinking that they cannot hear the broadcast anymore. Well, I've got good news for you. If you have a computer, you can always hear contending for the faith. And, you know, we're excited to, to let you know that, you know, Dr. Buckner is getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> we always say getting not older, but wiser. <laughs> Amen. Right. 
It's, it's 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 not the age of the car; it's how many miles you put on it. Right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Buckner is uh, approaching a milestone, and you know the staff at Contending for the Faith have decided to give him a couple of weeks off for good behavior. Amen. So we want to <laughs> let you know that the next two weeks we will be out of the studio because Dr. Buckner is going to be celebrating his 70th birthday as well as his anniversary. Now, you know, he's a very wise individual because you can never forget your anniversary if it's the same day as your birthday. And so I think he planned it that way. So he'd never be in the doghouse with Nancy and forget their anniversary. <laughs> so we're, we're overjoyed to, to celebrate with them and let them have some time to get away. And I, I do believe he's going to be speaking in his hometown again. Uh, hopefully he's not like the prophet that, that doesn't get honor in his hometown. <laughs> but we, we're, we're trusting that he's going to have a great time. So we'll be back in the studio live on June 24th. So we will be airing the best of contending for the faith uh, next week and the following week. So you can tune in, but you won't be able to call in. So just make a note of that. And uh, I believe, Dr. Bucker, you have a letter you want to read? Uh, Yes, Brother Gary, and thank you for those uh, encouraging words as well and letting people know about uh, the uh, transitionings in my life as well as family and (laughs) as well as, um, you know, what we're going to be doing for the weekend. And we appreciate that. And we got, yeah, we got a wonderful uh, letter here uh, from Sandy. And she says, uh, Dear Dr. Buckner, I will be leaving California at the end of June. and will miss you, Gary, and contending family. I have loved being part of this ministry so much. Contending for the faith has strengthened my faith and given me a greater desire to study the word of God. Thank you all for your faithfulness to this ministry. I will be praying often for you, Gary, Vince, and the radio program. God bless each of you and this wonderful radio ministry, yours in him, Sandy. And she blessed us with a nice donation as well. And we really appreciate that. And Sandy, we will be praying for you and your family and Brother Gary will say something again on that because we want to let you know that because you are moving, that doesn't mean that you can't continue to hear us every Saturday. Gary, can you break that down? Yes. As I mentioned earlier, you can always listen to the broadcast online at kfax.com. So um, you just need to be aware of Pacific Standard Time, what time it is here at 7, seven o'clock in California. So um, I don't know if she's going to be like three hours difference. I'm not sure what the time change is, but she's, she's going to have to compensate for that. And she'd be able to tune in to her computer and go on to kfax.com and listen to the broadcast live. So and even call in, you know, she could still call in because, uh, you know, the phones still work <laughs> in, even in Texas. So we want to encourage Sandy, if you're listening it's not the end. You're just uh, moving a little further out, but you can still listen to the broadcast and you can actually still call in. So, so be aware. All right, Dr. Buckner, we got a lot of callers here tonight, so let's get to it. Well, let's do that, Brother Gary. Who do we have first? Uh, we have Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, how you doing? 
Last time I didn't say good evening and happy birthday, happy anniversary, and all the other good stuff. Oh, thank you so much. I sure appreciate that. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just get right to the uh, question. Um, in, in, at the end of uh, the book of Matthew, we have the Great Commission. And the question I have is that does the, uh, does, does the Great Commission box in the Ten Commandments? Uh, well, well, let me just say this. I'm assuming that you're saying that uh, does the uh, the Great Commission have any response to debunking the law or the Ten Commandments? Uh, that's what I'm hearing you say, uh, yeah. interpreting what you're saying. Uh, so, yes, it, it does, because if you look at Matthew chapter 28, this is called the Great Commission, and uh, and you go down to uh, verse 20, uh, Jesus says there, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world, amen. So what Jesus is saying here is that uh, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, personal pronoun, I have commanded you. Now, we have a lot of people who are uh, into law keeping. They're into, uh, you know, the old covenant and the right of Hebrews in chapter eight uh, tells us that the, uh, I believe it's Hebrews eight and 13, that the old covenant is obsolete. I mean, you can't get any stronger than that. And yet Jesus comes along and says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, did Jesus come to destroy the law? No, he came to fulfill it. And now he's saying something under the new covenant. The old covenant was something that people obeyed the, you know, the law and the festivals and the new moons and all this stuff and uh, kept the Sabbath. But Jesus is saying, now, this is a new day now under the new covenant. He's saying, teaching them to observe all things, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And what did he command us? You know, when they asked him about the great commandments, he didn't get into uh, the 16 and 13 laws uh, in the past. He simply said, love the Lord. He, when he broke down the great commandments, he said, Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, the second one is likened unto this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. And upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. Okay, so everything is summed under Jesus and summed under love. Because Romans chapter 13 says, love is the fulfillment of the law. Well, Paul is being consistent in Romans 13 to what Jesus said when he said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your neighbor. And then Paul talks about in Romans chapter 13, he says, you know, love is the fulfillment of the law. And when he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, this is a new day under Jesus now. We are teaching what Jesus says, not what Moses taught, not what Elijah, not what all of them taught. That's why on the Mount of Transfiguration, 
you know, when Jesus got through with those men, Peter, James, John, when he got through with all, it says, uh, you know, they saw them when they saw Moses who represented the law and they saw, you know, Elijah represented the prophets and the Mount of Transfiguration. It says when Jesus got through with them, he says they saw no man but Jesus only. I mean, he just let them know that now I've come. I've come now. Now you do what I say. You know, you know, I'm uh, everything I've commanded you. Now you do what I say. So you're talking about debunking it? Yeah, this is one of the greatest debunkings right here. Matthew uh, uh, 28 and 20. So when somebody's trying to argue you infinitum agnosium about the law and about obeying cult leaders and all this stuff, no. It's about doing what thus says the Lord. That's what it's all about. Because you say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have to obey him, and I never will bow down to him. My friend, you better stop trying to fool yourself because it says in Philippians chapter two, in that great kenosis chapter, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You better stop letting the devil trick you. So hopefully, Brother Rick, this has helped you out and given you some additional insight into your question. Amen. You know, and I was thinking about what Paul said when he reiterated the Ten Commandments in Romans. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about I was thinking about that, and everything it begins it begins with love. Yeah, yeah. It talks about yeah. It's the spirit behind it's the spirit behind the law, not the uh, not the legalism. That's right. It's all about what Jesus commands us now. Would you like to have us to pray for you any any particular need before we let you go? Uh, just, just just continue to pray. Just continue to pray for my health. I'm I'm going I'm going to uh I'm going through antibiotics right now. And uh just keep keep me strong throughout the uh, whole situation. All right. Well we're gonna have Brother Gary to lead uh, us in prayer for you, Brother Rick. All right. So Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, you touch his body, that you strengthen him and encourage him, Lord God, as well. We pray for good health and good report. We pray, Lord God, that you would move in a mighty way. You are the great physician and you've never lost a case. And oh, so, Lord God, you said we're two or more gathered. You're there in the midst. And so, Lord, we just know that you're with us right now and that we're just agreeing right now for uh, Brother Rick to get better, to get stronger and to stay healthy. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick. And God bless you. Gary, we have enough time to. No, I see the uh, our engineer is giving us the high sign, so we better take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we, you can give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. So welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry, as well as all, all of you who have so sacrificially and generously given to Contending for the Faith over these many years. 
it's such a blessing and it's such an honor to be able to minister over these airways and serve you each week. And so we thank you for partnering with us through prayer as well as giving. There's two ways you can donate. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way to give is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We also just want to remind you that uh, we will be out of the studio for the next two weeks, but we will be returning on June 25th. And during those two weeks that we will be off, we will be airing the best of contending for the faith. You'll be able to listen in, but you won't be able to call in. But you want to make sure that you tune in because it's going to be good. All right, Dr. Buckner, we got a lot of callers, so let's get back to it. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we're going to go to Jermaine. Are you there? Hello. Hey, Brother Jermaine, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Oh, good, good, good to hear your voice. And uh, uh, what's on your mind, my brother? Well, just um, you know, the recent uptick in violence that uh, people are apparently now noticing. They're always trying to find a reason. I noticed they leave out the spiritual for obvious reasons. But I was just wanting to hear your opinion on the fact that, and you know, it's nothing against anyone in particular, but this particular month is a celebration of perversion, and. I just wonder if there's some correlation between the outright perversion that we're, we celebrate from our politicians down to our school system and the uptick in violence. I, saw, I just saw something that disturbed me. They had a, a children's drag show over in Texas, of all places. And, you know, you had fathers, black, white, and everything else holding their little babies attending the show. And, and a, I guess it was a friendly a gay-friendly club for kids or something. When I see stuff like that, it it just makes me wonder if we're just not experiencing some some disciplines. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Yes, uh, that's a good question. Um, The Bible has a lot to say about um, the perversion that we're facing today. You know, if you really do a thorough study of... uh, Paul's letters to uh, Timothy, uh, you know, he warns a lot about the last days and talks about, you know, he gives a list of a whole bunch of uh, perversions uh, that will take place in the end of time. And then also in uh, Romans chapter one, uh, the apostle Paul lays out these perversions. And Really, uh, when you uh, do an exegetical study of Romans chapter 1, uh, it's kind of like divided up into uh, about uh, several chapters dealing with a uh, letter uh, P, because it starts off with, uh, especially when you get to verse 18, uh, the first P would be the perversion and uh, the perversion goes on where, you know, they reject uh, the uh, God of the Bible, and then they start to uh, idolize their own gods, and that's what we're seeing today. 
uh, with all the things that you mentioned. It's an idolization of people believing that they can become a god themselves uh, and they make their own idols out of, uh, you know, all of the perversion that you mentioned. Uh, and uh, perversion uh, always lead to the latter part of Romans chapter one, the second P, uh, and I want people to make a note of that, these P's I'm mentioning, is a penalty. So you go, you get into the phase of perversion, and then the penalty is God gave them up to a reprobate mind, and they changed the natural to the unnatural, and and then God gives them a reprobate mind. Then you look at Romans, uh, Second Thessalonians, rather, Second Thessalonians chapter two, where it talks about, uh, you know, the delusion, strong delusions upon people, where they rejected the truth, and because they rejected the truth, that God sent them strong delusions that they would believe a lie rather than the truth. So this is all that we're facing today uh, in the uh, uptick of uh, wickedness and evil today in our world. Uh, and uh, it doesn't help. Uh, I mean, well, I'm going to get back to one more thing Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. He lists, lists uh, in the last days that, you know, all these list of things that will happen. So it's like all of the Bible people, including Jesus, they uh, just talks about the end of time, the perversion that will be coming upon us. And it's kind of like a conditioning before the Antichrist comes, because you always want to look at the uh, things that's happening in the secular news and the world around us today in relationship to the Bible, because the Bible has a lot to say about what's going on today with the perversion and the penalty. And so it, it, and a part of the perversion is that you've got leftist liberal judges and attorneys that will not punish criminals. And the fact that we've gotten away from the death penalty that God instituted in uh, the Garden of Eden, pretty much. And then also in Genesis 9 and 6 and uh, Romans 13, people say, is that a deterrent? Well, they really cry out, right? When they kill, when they don't cry out when they kill somebody, but when they get, when their lives are getting ready to be taken, oh, I don't want to die. So they get these liberal uh, governors, like in California, and they just kind of like want to put death, put an end to capital punishment. And it doesn't help all these things, but it's, a, it's just a sign of the time. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. And our job is to just, preach the gospel, because the only thing that's going to save America and the world is revival. That's the only thing that will save us now. And uh, if we don't get to that point, we are, we're all going to be, both, all the people that don't know Jesus are going to be doomed for eternal hell. So hopefully this summation that I gave you is helpful. Yeah, that's what we have a lot. I'm going to go ahead and study those P's. So thanks a lot, Dr. Buckner, and uh, happy uh, early birthday to you. You don't look anywhere close to where with the calendar says you're supposed to be. So God bless you. That's what most people say. They say, it seems like all of us are getting older and you seem to be getting younger. And uh, they said, you're like a Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> I said, it's by, it's by God's grace. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Let's go to Cindy. She's been patient. Cindy, how are you? Is this Dr. Buckner? Yeah, this is Dr. Buckner. How are you doing? Yes. Yeah. 
I was going to ask you a question. Uh, when I was little, I was taught to recite something. And I was wondering, could I recite it to you and you tell me if it's, if it's right, if, it's, if I'm reciting something that's right? Okay, what are you reciting it from? Who is the who is the person? What's the organization? I I'll recite it and then you maybe you'll know. Okay, um, I'll I'll recite it real quickly. There um there is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance and matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation. For God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Is yeah, that's, right? the, that's the Christian scientist. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the Christian scientist that is uh, considered a cult. And you don't want to uh, listen to that stuff because it's against the Bible, and the Bible teaches against it. The Christian scientist was started in the 1800s under... Mary Becker Eddy. She's the founder of what is known as the Christian Scientists. And they pretty much got influenced by Maya, which is uh, Hinduism, because Hinduism never did believe in the material world. They looked at the material world as being an illusion. And so early in the church, the Gnostics, there were two cults in the early church. It was the Judaizer, who was the law keepers. And then secondly, it was the Gnostics. And they were people in the church trying to say that even Jesus didn't appear in physical form. And that's why John wrote in the Gospel of John, right at the beginning in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then he goes to verse 14 and said, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. See, you have people have to understand the background of a book. The background of a book is like the skeleton to a body. You take the skeleton out, out of the body, the body becomes a quivering heap of jelly-like substance, good for nothing. So John is writing against the Gnostics who tried to infiltrate the church and... Uh, He's saying Jesus did come in physical form. The Christian science separate Jesus and Christ. They say Christ is spiritual consciousness, and Jesus was the man. So uh, the church spoke out against this. They condemned it. They excommunicated it out of the church. And then in 18, 18, around 1875, uh, one lady by the name of Mary Becca Eddy, with one sweep of the pen, brought uh, you know Gnosticism, and uh, back into existence, and people have been duped ever since. So, uh, and they don't believe in going to the doctors. They have spiritual practitioners because they don't believe that the physical body and the world around us really exists. It's all spiritual, and God is all spiritual. Jesus never did really have physical form because that's physical form is like uh, demonic. So, I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna get to our last caller. One time, I was talking to a Christian scientist. And uh, I was talking to them, and we were kind of close by the freeway. And they said, I said, do you believe that the world around us is just an illusion? He said, oh, yeah, man, absolutely. I said, okay, prove it to me. He said, what do you mean? I said, go stand in front of the biggest diesel and just say to the diesel, you're just an illusion. And I told him, you will no longer be an illusion. You will be disillusion because you will not exist oh man i'm not going to do that i said well you said everything is an illusion and so he got quiet and walked away 
So one good book resource is The uh, Kingdom of the Cults. My mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, I would recommend getting that book, The Kingdom of the Cults by Dr. Walter Martin. He has a full chapter on Christian scientists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and all the other things. So hopefully this helps you out. And call us back again um, and uh, get that book and then call us back and let us know what you think. Okay, I will. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your question. Bye-bye. Well, Brother Gary, you want to try to get in? Sophia? Let's get Sophia. I know she's got some good stuff to say. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm going to switch. I'll hold my call off till next time, but I had a quick question. I'll try to sneak it in. By the way, it was such a blessing the day you were born to your parents, and what a blessing the day you married Nancy. Amen. I would say amen to that. (laughs) Now, put a big smile on her face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, real quickly, it's very concerning to me, and I'm going to be quick. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but I have now. I'm embarrassed to say this on the air and ashamed, and now I'm frightened. I have not been baptized in water. I went to the church in Menlo Park. They don't do it. I've never. So, does that mean I'm not saved? No, it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It it just means that you're not fully obedient to what the Lord called you to do, because Jesus said uh, to go into all the world, Matthew 28, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So Jesus commanded us to go and, and baptize. You don't get saved being baptized uh, you get saved by, you know, confession of your sins and repentance, and you get saved. Baptism is just an outward picture of obedience, the fact that you have uh, symbolically been buried in Christ and that you've been rose, you're rose in Christ. So, so it's an act of obedience, a command of Christ in Matthew 28. And so you need to, you do need to get baptized and, um, you know, so we pray that that will happen, but you don't want to equate it to uh, that at all, because if you look at uh, what is it, Acts chapter 10, uh-huh. uh, Peter and all of them were blown away that the household of Cornelius were uh, not baptized, and yet they got saved. They were speaking in tongues, and then Peter and them said, What's, <laughs> we got to we gotta baptize them. But that's a real good picture against people who try to argue that you got to be baptized to be saved. And and so you look at Romans, uh, I mean, Acts chapter 10, and it's just kind of like blows your mind on a different position, but yet we got to be obedient to uh, being uh, baptized because Jesus commanded it. Well, I definitely will. Maybe off the air sometime you can tell, um, you know, Vince, I don't know a church where I can get baptized. I went to the Jehovah Witness, they told me because I had a pantsuit on, I wasn't ready to be baptized. Well, you went to the wrong group of people. You don't want to go to Jehovah Witnesses because Jehovah Witnesses is a cult. Jehovah Witnesses deny the deity of Christ and all of the essential doctrines of the historic Christian faith. You need to send me your address so that I can send you my book on the Trinity. I think I might have your address somewhere. I'm trying to find it, but send it to me. And uh, I want to get send you my book on the uh, the essentials and the Trinity. But no, you want to go to a church that believes that in the essentials that Jesus is the only way, 
that they believe in the Trinity. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe in the deity of Christ, that he's God in human form. They say that he's Michael, the archangel, the first and greatest creation of, of Jehovah God. And they don't believe uh, in the atonement. They believe you have to work for your salvation. They don't believe in the bodily resurrection. So they say that Jesus was rose from the dead as a spirit creature. And they, they have a lot of other problems besides that, you know. So you went to the wrong place and uh, we need to get that information to you. And we need to recommend some churches that that's solid that you can go to. So oh, uh, leave your, leave your uh, number, um, you take down our number and call us so we can, and I know think Rick may have your number too, and yeah. then we'll recommend some good, oh, well, healthy, balanced churches. Thank you. God bless you both. Yeah, God All bless right. you. All so right. Please keep us in your prayers until next time at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.